We're talking Northwest Missouri State basketball today, and it was about 14 years ago last week, one of the biggest shots in Northwest Missouri State history came from Jesse Shaw. A three-pointer sent the Bearcats into the Elite Eight in Bakersfield, California. Jesse now is the head coach at Maryville University. He's joining us today on the program, and it's great to catch up with you again, Coach Shaw, especially this time of year, March Madness, so much great basketball going on. You really can't beat it. Absolutely, no. It's always uh, it's always exciting, and it's been a two-year hiatus from having March Madness, so this is uh, it's really fun to have it back. So, the head coach at Maryville, you've got a ton of responsibilities, recruiting, and, and so many other things going on. Do you keep an eye on the Division II tournament, and, and in general, kind of what Northwest Missouri State's doing with your, your alma mater there? Yes, I, I don't. So, what I usually do with the Division II tournament is I watch the teams from the GLVC and I watch Northwest. And that's kind of, I stay in, I stay pretty much on top of that. I watched, um, I watched the Washburn game. Um, and then I watched the, uh, Northern state game the other day. And, uh, I watched all of our GLVC tournament. So, that's kind of what I do. I'll be following Truman State and Northwest. And uh, I watched, uh, when Northwest makes it, I usually watch all the Elite Eight games and the Final Four and the championship. And I'll watch the championship either way in the, in the GLVC team. So we got Truman State from our conference is in and uh, Northwest is in. So I'll be definitely keeping an eye on it this year. Plenty of basketball to keep up on for you then. And, and so speaking of that game against Northern, Trevor Hudgens kept Northwest Missouri State season alive. He had that step-back three-pointer, put the game into overtime, and eventually the Bearcats reached the Elite Eight. Does that bring back a few flashbacks for you of yourself in a Northwest <laughs> uniform? Uh, well, it was, a, it was a little different scenario. The ball was in Kelvin's hands, and they just double-teamed him and left me wide open. And I, I didn't have a choice but to shoot it. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I, it, it was... Uh, it was uh, actually his shot was even more critical because uh, you know we were down three the other day uh, when I shot it it was a tie game worst case scenario we're going to overtime so his was uh, his was extremely clutch and and uh, as a as a fan of the Bearcats and the alum uh, I watched the Washburn game and it was actually kind of boring you know <laughs> the, the the conference tournament championship game was was uh was exciting but i didn't like the way it ended but then we get then we play northern state and that one's just gut-wrenching uh but it ended the right way so it, it ended up being really 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 fun to watch but it's a lot harder to go through regardless uh, regardless of the tournament d1 d2 naia whatever it is there's always those memories and those games from years past that always get brought up and you see the highlights I mean, how often, especially this time of year, does that memory randomly pop in your head of, man, I was open there in the corner, Kelvin got it to me, and I knocked it down? Yeah, yeah, no, our guys, uh, our guys uh, at the schools that I've coached at, they, they don't think I can shoot the ball anymore. <laughs> and uh, now with Coach Tapp with us here at Berryville, he likes to remind him, hey, Coach Shaw hit the biggest three-pointer up until Hudgens <laughs> in the history of, of Northwest. And the reason, the reason that uh, it was the biggest three-pointer is because all those teams that Ben has had lately, most times they're winning by 10 or 20 or 30. <laughs> you know, we, we had one come down to the wire there. But, no, it's always, it's always re- fun to relive those memories. And, and uh, it, it, there wasn't a lot of decisions that had to be made on my shots. The, the clock was going to expire. 
I had to shoot it, and I just got lucky it went in. So we see what Northwest is doing this these past ten years or so under Coach McCollum, and, and a lot of great things happening. And you know, you were part of two Elite Eight teams that uh, that just couldn't quite reach that semifinal and beyond. Coach Max won a couple championships. Do you think back to two thousand four, two thousand two, and and what those teams did to start to lay that foundation, especially whenever uh, he was a member of the 2000 team, 2002 team, if I remember correctly, also kind of laying that foundation for where we're at now. Yeah, yeah, you talk. Yeah, Ben was Ben was a, he was a player on the 2002 team, team, and he was a GA on the 2004 team. And, and I was I was a player on both those teams, so I was with them on both. And and I, I do think that uh, Coach Tapp and all the fellows that we played with and then the guys before us and after us, they laid a great foundation. Um, and then, I mean, you really, when Ben got there, you really thought that the bar was set almost unrealistically high. Uh, and and then Ben's taking it to a whole nother level, which when he got that job, you wouldn't think that, I mean, you would think he could, he could, he could break through and win one. Um, but to do what what he's done coach Tapp and I were talking to me the other day I mean I don't know I don't know if it's been replicated on you know the division one level division two level we're trying to think who is who has had a run I mean obviously you got the UCLA run but I mean I don't know if there's been a five-year stretch that there's been as much dominance as as he's had I could be wrong we didn't look up look it up too much in depth but you know, it's kind of it's really historical what they're doing right now, and you would have thought it would have been hard for him to even reach where where we were at and where Coach Tapp was at. It, it really took the job. It really is unheard of to think about some of those numbers and, and where they're at. But you think about the those couple teams that you're on there with the Elite Eight, with Coach Tapp as the head coach, Coach McCombs on the team, yourself on the team, um, Austin Meyer, Andy Peterson also coming through, and and I know there are plenty of other names that I'm forgetting, but there are a lot of guys that, that go into coaching that those couple teams right there um, just kind of spit out a bunch of really good basketball minds. Oh, yeah, and, and I think part of it was we had so much fun that you go out and, and into the quote-unquote real world and you're thinking, well, I want to do that you know, for the rest of my life. What's the closest thing to that? Well, it's coaching, you know, and a lot of it comes from the amount of fun we had while we were in college playing together. Um, and, you know, Coach Tab creating that environment and bringing, bringing those group of guys together that we enjoyed being around and, and the, you know, the success we had. And a lot of us really enjoyed it and we want to keep doing it. So we're in this coaching business now and it's uh, – it's not all sunshine and roses like, like, like Ben has had the last few years, but it's, uh, I don't know if I can do anything else because I definitely enjoy it. So you're in your first year as the head coach at Maryville University, and, and on the way through that, Truman State, you mentioned, is in the Elite Eight. They have two losses, only one of the regular season. That comes at the hands of the Maryville Saints. Do you shoot Ben a text and say, hey, if you, <laughs> you meet up with Truman State the second round, this is the recipe to beat them? Oh yeah, well, well, we played them. Um, I don't think Ben can replicate our recipe because we played them right out of Christmas break, and then their head coach and they have a really good freshman guard were both out with COVID at the time we played them. So those are three factors that I don't know if Ben's going to be able to 
to uh, conjure up here while he's down there in Evansville. But, um, you know, I, 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 I thought we played a good game. I thought we had a good game plan. But when we back, went back up there, we tried to do some, some, some of the similar things, and, and they were ready for it. And they, they, uh, they really stretched us out in the second half there and uh, made us pay for our, for our win in Maryville. But, you know, I think that both those teams, uh, I think they're both really good. But they both, when you get to that point, you got your hands full in round one, and there is no round two without round one. So, and Ben's as good as anybody is, not worrying about the next game. And I think Horner will be the same way. You know, those guys, those guys had a tough early exit in the GLBC tournament, and that was only their second loss of the year. And I think they'll come into the Elite Eight hungry, and and Ben always has them ready for the first game too. And you have to think, even though Truman State not in the MIAA anymore, we have. Uh, the Bearcats and the Bulldogs here in the state of Missouri. On the women's side, uh, the University of Central Missouri and Drury University in the Elite Eight. Uh, it's really overall a great year for uh, Show Me State Hoops. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I think that, uh, you know, we talk as Division Two is all the time where we run into Division One in recruiting. And, you know, I was talking to somebody the other day, and essentially our level of basketball is, would be low major basketball on the East Coast. You know, those guys just, those schools went Division I uh, years ago, and, and now they're, they're the, the, the same level of play out there is a Division I league, and that's pretty much what we have. We just don't have as many of those low major type of leagues around here. We just have a, just have a few. So there's somewhere that these really good players have to go, and that's why you see a state like Missouri that's, is sending four teams to an elite eight from one state. Two on each, I mean, twenty five percent of the elite eight on each side is represented from one state. Um, but when you think, when you start looking at the landscape, um, Iowa doesn't really even have a low major school. Nebraska only has one. Kansas doesn't really have a low major. I mean, the smallest Division one school in Kansas is Wichita State. Uh, Missouri's got a couple you would consider, but you look at that four-state radius, and if their kids aren't good enough to play in the Valley or the American or the Big 12 or Big 10, where are they going to go? You know, those same kids on the East Coast are going to a, a small Division One, most likely. Well, in our area, they're going to Northwest Missouri, Truman, Drury, you know, Maryville. You know, like that's where they have, that's where they have to land. Um, so. It's just kind of an interesting dynamic that I think has worked itself out uh, geographically with the way that Division One's, uh, you know, D2's have tra- transitioned to D1's in other areas. And it's it's cool to see. It also makes it kind of a, a tough road to reach that point and, and go through your conference tournament, the region, and so on. Um, but you take over a, a Maryville team, excuse me, that had won uh, five games the previous year. You, you, you up, up that by three wins during a COVID year, so there's less opportunities to get out there and do that. Uh, take us through that first season. What was this like for you uh, getting back in that head coaching role and doing it here at Maryville? Well, it was, um, you know, it was it was an interesting year, obviously, as everybody knows. I, I, I My wife asked me one time, like, would you want to do this every year? Uh, talking about the COVID part of it. And I mean, it was, I, I, I'm usually as gung ho about coaching. I love it. But this year was, it was really tough, you know, just uh, basically going to work and not seeing anybody's 
You know, you don't. I couldn't even pick out people in the office. I don't know what their significant others look like, what their kids look like. You know, you go to a game, you don't see anybody afterwards. No parents, uh, no family and friends are there for for us or our kids. And uh, you know, the testing and not being able to do the uh, camaraderie, team building stuff. And you know, it, it's been a really tough year from that aspect. Uh, but I'm really glad we did it. I think it was great for the kids. I think it was great. If I was going to pick a year to go through this, I think year one going through it is going to be, I'd rather go through it this year than year three, four, five, where, you know, you hopefully got something built up and you're competing for championships and then you're going through COVID pauses and cancellations left and right. You know, I'm, I'm really happy that it worked out this way, but I hope that we don't have to go through this again. Um, it's, uh, it's been fun, though, you know, uh, getting back over in the role. There's, there's positives and negatives to head coaching and assistant coaching. I, I really enjoy being a head coach, but there was also things that I enjoyed about being an assistant coach. Um, it's just a little stressful over in the first seat. It's a little more lonely. There's not a lot of, there's not a lot of places to look when things go wrong. You know, you got to look, look in the mirror a lot. You got to, uh, you know, figure out what, what you need to get better at and, you're you're in control, and there's some there's some fun things about that. And I like having the weight on my shoulders, and I like being able to to uh, change things if we need to change things. And but there's also some freeing things being an assistant coach, where you don't have to worry quite as much. So uh, it's been a, it's been a great year. I, I feel like we made a really good jump in year one, given the circumstances. Uh, uh, you know, they they were one and nineteen in conference last year. We were eight and twelve. Um, I think in a regular year. You know, we probably win four, five, six more games than what we won. We're probably at 12, 13, 14 wins. Um, you know, I think I think that's a good jump. But at the same time, going eight and twelve it doesn't doesn't sit well with me or you know, but really anybody in our program. And I think that's a good thing. But uh, we just gotta we just gotta you know keep keep working, keep getting better, and keep adding the right kind of guys. And, getting more time with our players so that we can, you know, develop them and develop this core we got. We got a bunch of young guys. We were we were playing with uh, on our, our 11-man roster. We had six freshmen and two sophomores this year. And when you look nationally, a lot of the younger teams are really struggling this year just because of the lack of time you had to work with your guys. And I think, uh, you know, our guys did a good job. But I think they have a lot of room to grow where, you know, maybe the teams that, are older now, maybe they can't make as big a jump as our freshmen can um, just because from a physical perspective and just a basketball sense, they kind of already are mature and they know how to play the game and there's not as much for them to learn now and I think our young group has a lot to learn and grow from and you know, and then we're going to add some pieces to that and hopefully we can, we can take another step forward. Well, I know when we last we last talked to you in uh, in April, whenever you after you got the job and had you on the podcast, we were excited to see a Bearcat going on and getting that head coaching opportunity once again. But Steve Tatmeyer wasn't on your staff just yet. How surreal is that to go back from thinking of playing for Steve Tatmeyer and now he's on your staff and, and you're in charge? Oh, it was. Uh, it's it's been really surreal. It's been it's been really fun. Uh, there's. There's uh, a way that you view I, – I can tell our guys view me a certain way, and, you know, you always feel like you're getting disciplined. And, you know, our guys, if you ask all 11 of them who's, 
to one coach as hard as on every hardest on every one of them would say me probably um <laughs> you know when you're now when you're flipping and you're you're with coach tap in the coaching role you realize how positive he was and you know how how, how nice he is and maybe he's changed in his old age but it was just it was just really fun to be around him and and uh, we have so many stories to go back on and I think he's really enjoyed being back in it and and uh, you know not having the kind of the stress and the the that I've alluded to of worrying about every little decision as a head coach. Uh, I think he's liked kind of the the role he's been in. He can he can be a little bit more of the good cop and he lets me be the bad cop and I think that's kind of fun for him and you know it's been it's been fun for for me. Uh, coach Anderson, our other assistant coach, he was my first uh, assistant coaching hire at JUCO and. Being around Coach Tapp and Coach A every day, uh, you know, you, you're you're around you're around Coach Tapp every day for four four and a half years, and Coach Anderson every day for two years, and then you go different places, and then you see them, you know, two three four times a year maybe, um, and it, it's fun to have this has had this year where we can you know get to see each other every day again and hang out on the road and talk and tell some old stories and you know both of us probably. Uh, probably uh probably inflate our side of the story a little bit but it's always fun to to go back and talk about those things unfortunately because of covid we didn't have a chance to to get out and see any maryville games or get that potential northwest maryville non-conference game but is coach tatmeyer is he on the bench with the towel over his shoulder even though he's the assistant (laughs) he has not had the towel over his shoulder (laughs) this year at all uh yeah it's uh he he's he's not up there stomping around I, i would say he's He's way more calm than than I, and I, and I think the Maryville fans would would remember him being also. Uh, but uh, you know, there's just it's just a lot different in the role he's in, and um, I, I I'm more of the bad cop now, and I'm on the rest now. I'm on the guys now, and he's he's patting him on the back, and, and uh, you know, saying, "Hey, coach, really meant this. He might have he might have sounded this way, but he really meant this." And now he's the one calmly talking to the rest when. I, I'm up yelling, and I think there's part of this that he's enjoying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he is. It's kind of cool to see that that different dynamic there for yourself and Coach Tatmeyer. And so hopefully as we get into 2021-2022 season coming up uh, next fall and winter, we'll be able to see uh, some Maryville University and catch up with you again. But uh, Coach Shaw, always great to talk with you, relive some old memories, and talk about Maryville University, and, and hope to do it again sometime. Absolutely. I appreciate it, Matt.